0: Hello, my name is Ashley Balin and welcome to Baby Puppy, the parenting podcast for anyone raising a human or fur baby. Now, before I start getting angry emails from people in the dog community or parenting community about how different raising a dog is from a child, trust me, I know, I know, I'm not saying they're the same at all. But as a professional dog trainer and behavior consultant and a mother, there are a startling number of similarities. I've applied strategies from my dog training education and experience to parenting with great success and vice versa. From the early days with an infant or puppy, dealing with teething, crate or crib training, socialization and language acquisition, to nutrition, anxiety, coping mechanisms, independence, confidence building and more, it's impossible to deny a crossover. On each episode of this podcast, we'll explore a different topic and speak with a parenting expert to gain insight, strategies, and advice while comparing them to my experience working with dogs. Join me on this journey to raise confident, empathetic, respectful, happy, and healthy dogs and humans. On this episode, I chat with wellness guru Kylie Epps. She educated me on the benefits of aromatherapy, the importance of quality when purchasing essential oils, and she provided me recommendations for the best oils to treat common ailments in both children and dogs. This is one topic I knew absolutely nothing about, so I was thrilled to get schooled on some natural remedies. Enjoy! off just by thanking you very much for joining me today. I'm really excited for this conversation. I have a million questions to ask you, so I hope that you have have the time to answer them. (laughs) Uh, Let's just start by introducing yourself. Tell everyone your name and what you do professionally.
1: Sure. So my name is Kylie Etz, and um, I do a whole host of things. I, first of all, am a mom of two. I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old. I'm an entrepreneur. I have some digital courses that I've created. I also really love natural wellness, and I call myself a natural wellness junkie. Um, I love essential oils, but really, um, in terms of my business kind of mission, is really sharing about my love for natural life, toxin-free living, also helping moms to be more confident in their baby and child's development and sleep using a multitude of approaches and different wellness tools. And I'm really on a mission to reduce the overwhelm of motherhood one mama at a time. That's that's a big mission. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I play a small part in that. But if I can play my part, that's what matters. Well,
0: it's very ambitious. I applaud you for that. Uh, so you said you have two kids. So you have a two-year-old and a four-year-old.
1: hmm Yeah.
0: And just because it's
1: pertinent to this podcast, do you have any dogs? I don't have any dogs. Um, However, we do have a fur baby that lives downstairs with my parents. So he it's a little cat. Well, he's not so little. He's pretty fat, actually. (laughs) (laughs) But the cat likes to come and visit us, especially during mealtimes. Of course. (laughs) Cats are opportunists for sure. (laughs)
0: So I, what I really want to talk to you about is aromatherapy and essential oils. Uh-huh. And it's something that I'm so interested in and very fascinated by, but know absolutely nothing about. So when I ask you these questions, pretend yeah. that you are speaking to a two-year-old <laughs> okay (laughs) and and explain you know explain these things to me as if it was just intro 101 level essential oils aromatherapy pretend that I know absolutely nothing because it wouldn't really be pretending on my end okay sounds good so so let's just start with the basics what is aromatherapy
1: So aromatherapy is a holistic healing kind of treatment that's been around for like thousands of years and probably centuries even. And it basically uses natural plant uh, kind of extracts or things extracted from the plant to promote health and well-being. Um, So it can be used sort of, or the, the basis of aromatherapy is actually to use essential oils in more of a medicinal kind of therapeutic way to improve the health of the body, mind, and spirit. Um, and, and from like a yeah.
0: scientific perspective, like yeah. obviously, you know, I know that sense is, is very important and it connects to memory and neuropaths and, and various other things, mm-hmm. but, but uh, you know, is there, is there a simple way of explaining how smelling something can affect uh, like a medical condition or can affect like some something? Yeah. That you're so,
1: really? Yeah, so without going into like too much of the kind of scientific detail of like our brain and all of that, but basically when inhaled essential oils, they affect a part of the brain that's called the limbic system. And this is commonly referred to as our emotional brain. It's also sometimes referred to as kind of more of the primitive brain. This is where the um, structure, which is called the amygdala lives. And that's kind of our fight or flight stress response center. Um, And so this limbic system controls heart rate, blood pressure, body temperature, hunger, thirst, sleep, sex hormones, thyroid hormones, breathing, memory, stress levels, and hormone balance. So it controls a lot of our basic (laughs) functions. Yeah, exactly. Everything. Um, Because it's, it's that primitive brain, right? And so our sense of smell is actually the only one of our senses that is directly linked to the limbic system. So it's basically you smell something and it like does not pass go, it goes right to the limbic system. So as a result, essential oils, when they're inhaled or when they're smelled, can directly combat things like stress or emotional trauma or anxiety or depression or fear or anger or joy or, or any other host of other emotions, as well as helping with all of those other things like the heart rate, the blood pressure, the body temperature, like all of that hormone balance is another really big one. So yeah, so it's they're they're very powerful. um,
0: Which is Yeah. So there must be like hundreds of different essential oils available, I'm assuming. So before we go into specifics in terms of the benefits or the ones that are more Mm -hmm. popular, I assume like anything that there's a huge quality difference between different brands that are commercially available. So I guess I was just curious to know, firstly, how important quality is when you're selecting essential oils. And also if there are specific brands that you really love and that you
1: recommend, or if there's certain brands that you right. would stay away. so from. I love this question <laughs> um, you 100% want to be aware of quality when it comes to using essential oils especially when you're using them on babies kids or fur babies because their skin is going to be so much more sensitive um, and so we really need to make sure that the quality is there and unfortunately, the essential oil industry is very unregulated, just like most of our other industries, unfortunately. Um, yeah. yeah I I like training. <laughs> but even just in the great greater scheme of things like, you know, our personal care products and like all of those things and like what what companies are allowed to put on packaging and different things like that that are found in our regular grocery stores and um, drug stores. There's no regulation when it comes to labeling essential oils either. And so you can actually, by law, put one, uh, put a label on an essential oil bottle that says 100% pure essential oil. So let's say it's like a lender oil, because lavender actually is the most adulterated essential oil that is out on the market right now. But somebody, a company, can put a label on their bottle that says 100% pure lavender oil. And in reality, that bottle only needs to contain about 5% of lavender essential oil. Which is crazy, because what is that other 95%? That other 95% could be things like water, solvents, other essential oils, or it could even be like a carrier oil, which is a bit of, it's a fatty oil, and that's something we could all discuss a little bit later as well. But a fatty oil, like coconut oil, like a fractionated coconut oil doesn't have any smell, olive oil, those kinds of things. So it could have that in the bottle as well. So with that being said, it's kind of scary because you don't really know what you get if the label says 100% pure essential oil on it. Right. So so Um yeah, actually- so as like a, yeah. a layperson
0: that knows that knows nothing yeah. about essential oils, when I go into yeah. a store to choose essential oils, what do I look for? Like how how do I know that I'm choosing something that is
1: actually 100% Right. So you can't know just by the label. I mean, sometimes the labels like I know that, for example, if you go to the mall and you go to the essential oil store that's in almost all the malls, um, a lot of their oil bottles will actually say like, for example, the rose oil bottle will say 10 percent rose oil Um, or they're calling it something slightly different than essential oils. Like essential perfume or something like that. They'll have those words on it as well. The other thing to look for on labels is if it says, uh, do not apply topically, um, if it has a poison control label (laughs) on it, (laughs) if it says, you know, um, don't get in, you know, don't ingest or don't any of those things, um, don't buy it. The other thing that is kind of a dead giveaway that there's something going on is when you walk in and all of the different essential oils for that company are all the same price. So it takes okay, different. That's a good yeah. So it takes a different um, essential oils are going to be a different price based on the plant because not all plants are grown or harvested or distilled in the same way. So lavender grows very plentifully and it's easy to grow lavender plants versus roses are very, very sort of uh, sensitive and they require a lot of care to grow and they need like the most perfect conditions and they have to be harvested at the exact right time of blooming and you need like pounds and pounds and pounds of rose petals in order to make a small quantity of the essential oil. And so those two oils well, I mean that, should not that, yeah, be the same. Like yeah, that it, makes
0: perfectly sense.
1: It's common sense once you say it.
0: I would yeah. just never think about that, right? Right. It's like you know, if you're going into a florist or if you're going to the grocery store in the produce section, you would never expect everything that's a fruit to be the same price or everything that's a vegetable to be the same price. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. And no, so there's going to be sense. different
1: quality. So there's also going to be just like at the grocery store, you have a different quality in terms of organic is going to be more expensive than your like no frills (laughs) things that you're buying that are non-organic, right? Um, So the same goes for essential oils as well. So you're going to be paying for the quality. And so this is why it's really important to know the company that you're buying your essential oils from and to know how they're choosing the plants, how they're growing the plants, how they're harvesting the plants, how they're distilling the plants. And there's not a lot of companies out there that are actually doing all of that on their own. A lot. Okay, so which companies so are? The essential oil company that I use is Young Living Essential Oils because of the fact that they actually do all of those things. They own or partner with a lot of farms all over the world. And so they actually have farms where the species of plant grows, first of all, that's an important thing. And they have taken care to do the research to say, okay, lavender plants need to be planted for X, Y, Z number of years before they can be harvested to um, yield the most therapeutic benefit. And they have to be distilled for this amount of time. And so they've done that research. They also have distillations right on site on their farms, which means that when the plant is harvested, it doesn't have to be put on a you know, truck and then transported who knows where with the plants dying along the way. The other thing that allows for quality is the fact that because they have their own farms, they have control over how those plants are grown. So they don't use any pesticides. They don't use any solvents when they are distilling their oils. And so they take a lot of care also in terms of finding farms and finding land that has good soil Because soil also matters. And the things that you put into the soil is going to come into the plant, which is then going to come into your essential oil. And so a lot of other companies out there, unfortunately, are buying their oils from a third-party broker. So you don't know where that broker is getting the oils from. You don't know how those oils have been harvested or even grown, how the plants have been grown, how they've been harvested, how they've been distilled. A lot of times what happens is that plants are sprayed with pesticides because you'll get a higher yield that way, or they're not harvested at the right time of the day, or they're not distilled for the appropriate length of time. And lower grade essential oils, they might smell nice, but they don't necessarily contain those same therapeutic constituents. So a lot of times what happens is that companies will, or brokers, will distill at high temperatures for a short amount of time to get a large yield of essential oil, but truly that essential oil doesn't have the chemical constituents to have those therapeutic benefits. It's just quantity. Does that make sense?
0: It's so so fascinating because, yeah, no, everything you're saying makes sense. And I can see, you know, how it compares to to the food industry and to you know the clothing industry and, and, and mm-hmm. so many other industries. It's just that since I'm not that familiar with essential oils and I don't use them that often, I don't I don't think yeah. about all of these things. But it, it makes so much sense, and I find it so fascinating. Yeah, well,
1: and it's one of those things too that I didn't really learn about all of this stuff until I started using essential oils, until I started asking questions, until I started learning a little bit more about all of these things that are involved. And then you're like, oh, well, yeah, okay. Obviously I'm going to go with the company that has the most control over all of those things.
0: <laughs> so. <laughs> so so you'll send me a link to their website and I'll include it in I the will, episode I will, yes. Notes. <laughs> okay. So I, I want to continue to stress that throughout this conversation that I'm the farthest thing from an expert or knowledgeable mm-hmm. about this at all. But like, throughout my career you know in the in the dog industry and working with dog behavior i have spoken to canine mm-hmm. naturopaths and aromatherapists and yes that is That's a so thing funny. it actually exists there are specifically canine yeah. aromatherapists and there are certain essential oils that are commonly recommended for different medical and behavioral concerns mm-hmm. for dogs and i'm curious to know if if the recommendations would be the same for babies or children. So I just wanted to ask you about a few that are common with dogs and see what your opinion is on them. So you did mention lavender already. That seems to be the most popular for Lavender is the when in
1: doubt use lavender oil.
0: (laughs) Right. It is like the, yes, the essential oil of all trades. Um, So yeah, lavender seems to be the most common for dogs, especially to promote calmness and relaxation with dogs that yeah. experience anxiety. And I also know that a lot of you know baby and adult cosmetic and bath products include lavender for yeah. the same reasons, for that you know, calming exactly. and soothing effect. So I was wondering if you know if is lavender the scent that you recommend for calmness and relaxation? And does it have these extreme positive effects on the central nervous like system as a relaxant or has it just become so popular that it's the most? Um, Yeah.
1: So actually lavender oil definitely does have um, specific like chemical constituents. I don't know all of the chemical constituents, nor do you need to know all of the chemical constituents. However, lavender does have chemical constituents that help that are considered like a nervine or even a calmative kind of oil there. Those are probably not the scientific terms for that, (laughs) but um, it works. But lavender is definitely a really amazing one. Um, And lavender is obviously safe for babies. Yes. Okay. Yes. And so this is the thing also. So this is why lavender is such a great oil when you get a high quality one. So remember before I mentioned that lavender is the most adulterated oil that is out there. Um, so you really want to be careful that the lavender that you're using, especially if you're going to use it on babies or kids or fur babies, that you want to make sure that it's a high quality lavender. There's also like without getting too much into detail, but there's two, there's different varieties of lavender. There's lavender and there's lavendin. And lavender, E-R, has um, the therapeutic benefits that are going to help with things like relaxation and sleep and calming kind of anxiety and all of that kind of stuff versus lavendin has a different kind of effect. I've I've never heard of this lavendin. And so a lot of so a lot of. Brokers of essential oils will actually use lavendin because they can get a higher yield of essential oil for some reason or it grows more plentifully or something, and they just call it lavendin. But it's a completely different plant or is it in the same family? But it's a it's it's same family, but it has different benefits. Okay. And different uses. Um, so another one that's very
0: popular with dogs mm-hmm. is eucalyptus. And it's, uh, it's used a lot in like natural flea or tick repellents. And yeah. it's like a popular ingredient just in, I guess, natural bug deterrence. And I was wondering if that would be something that would be safe to use on babies or kids as a bug repellent as well.
1: Yes. Um, there's some other ones that are good also for bug repellents. but So eucalyptus often is a really great one for kind of respiration and Cough and cold season and help that whole congestion kind of stuff so using that in a diffuser um, is a great idea we also make a chest rub with coconut oil and a blend of uh, young living has a blend that's called rc which is stands for respiratory care and it has three different types of eucalyptus in it so we use that as kind of our DIY chest It's like a natural uh, rub. Vicks vapor rub. Yeah. Exactly. Ex- and it smells exactly <laughs> like Vicks, but it's all natural without all the chemicals. Um, so with eucalyptus, there are th- at least three varieties that I'm aware of. Eucalyptus radiata is going to be the most gentle and the, the safest to use on babies, um, especially under two. Once you get over the age of two, there's a whole... Like there's less of a sort of sensitivity to some of these oils. So some oils can be kind of hot oils or more strong oils. Um, And so you just need to use a little bit more care when using them with babies, especially small babies, like I would say even under six months. Um, But putting it in the diffuser in their nursery is totally fine. Putting it into like diluting it with the coconut oil, for example, and making a chest rub is totally fine. You just want to use common sense and proper dilution ratios. Okay, and
0: uh, just two more. So mm-hmm. another popular one that I hear about all the time is peppermint, and it's yeah. often suggested from the canine aromatherapists that I speak to to use for digestive upset, as well as uh, mm-hmm. recommendation for nausea or motion sickness. If you have a dog that gets yes. sick. so yeah. I, um, you sound like you're agreeing so I'm wondering is, 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 is peppermint so something peppermint, that you would use for anti-nausea as well?
1: Yes and actually peppermint is the only essential oil that I could stomach when I was pregnant with my second uh, during the first trimester. I literally like used peppermint like it was going out of style <laughs> because that was what was helping me with my nausea in the first trimester um, and it's great for digestive discomfort so as that's, well. So that's really interesting. Um, so, so
0: you used it in your yeah. first trimester for morning sickness. I and did. So how yeah. how did you use it exactly? Were you putting it on your skin so, or in a
1: like how how did you apply? It? Yeah, exactly. So um, I there's actually three ways to use essential oils. If you're using high quality essential oils, you can use them topically, so you can use them right on your skin. You can use them like by inhaling. So aromatically, you can put them in a diffuser. I wore the peppermint actually on like a little diffuser necklace. So it was nice and close and I could just smell it whenever I needed to. Um, You could also just put it on like a little cotton ball or like a reusable kind of uh, washcloth and just stick it in your pocket and just have that just for smelling. And also Young Living does have essential oils that are labeled as grass, which is just stands for generally regarded as safe for ingestion so they have a whole line of essential oils that are safe for ingestion so hold on hold on what is what's a diffuser necklace so a diffuser necklace there's and there's like this is a whole other (laughs) type of jewelry but they've got diffuser necklaces basically what it is there's a few different kinds so um, you can actually put essential oils onto wood you can put it onto any kind of porous surface, like a lava stone bead, um, and then it will kind of smell, and it will keep its smell for many, many, many hours. Um, or what they sell also is little kind of pendants almost that open, and they have kind of like cut out areas, and you stick um, like a piece of felt in there, and you put your oil on the felt, and you put that in the pendant, and then the pendant smells with the essential oil. But and
0: and how strong is the smell? Like is it strong enough? Obviously you want to smell it yourself so that you get the positive effects, but then does that mean that everyone that's in close proximity to you can smell it as well?
1: Yes. So they will smell it. Generally I find that people are not bothered by the smell of essential oils if you have high quality essential oils that don't have any additional chemicals or synthetics. So often people that have smell sensitivities can handle the smell of pure, high-grade essential oils because they are from the plant. It's like smelling an orange or smelling like the mint leaf. That's what it would be. But what happens is when you add those synthetics or the solvents or any of those other chemicals, that's when our smell sensitivities are triggered. That's when people are like, oh my God, I have a headache. Yeah. Well, that's what I was
0: just going to say is I know a number yeah. of people that have such strong sensitivities to any, any type of smell that they get headaches almost yeah. instantly. Yeah.
1: So you're saying so that that's that, coming that wouldn't from happen the if
0: it was just like a hundred percent essential right. oil.
1: Yes. So that's another clue. If you buy essential oils, for example, if you even buy them from the health food store, you don't really know what you're getting. Um, if you open the bottle and it's giving you a headache, then you know something's going on. Okay. That's a, Yeah. That's really interesting. I'd be curious mm-hmm. to, to test that out. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. Other, the other thing with um, essential oils too is that really high quality essential oils, you only need one or two drops. So you should not be like putting the whole bottle on.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a good tip for anyone that's putting any scent on their body at all. Right. <laughs> It's like the one squirt and that's all you need <laughs> yeah, no it's it's so true uh the, so the last one i wanted to ask you about that's dog related is mm-hmm. valerian yes
1: such a great so, one it's a really good one for sleeping and calming yeah i mean i almost like a tranquilizer <laughs> well that's that's kind of what i wanted to ask you about is you know
0: i specialize in dogs that have extreme anxiety aggression and like other Mm fear-based behavior. So I do a lot of rehabilitative work and I often Mm -hmm. encounter clients that have been recommended Valerian to lessen the intensity of separation anxiety or fear of loud noises or storms or fireworks or new situations or new people. And Mm -hmm. I personally haven't really seen a difference in the dogs that have taken it versus the ones that haven't. And I mean that could just be because the dogs I'm working with are, have such extreme anxiety that it's it's mm-hmm. not they're not seeing the benefit. But I was wondering mm-hmm. I guess what your experience was in terms of how valerian affected like the, the human body when it came to things like anxiety or fear.
1: So I don't necessarily know specifically about anxiety or fear and valerian, but I do know that valerian is amazing for helping with sleep. Okay. Um and so I guess that all kind of goes hand in hand. If you have anxiety and fear, you're also going to have difficulty sleeping. Um So I guess it's so almost the thing a thing
0: sedative?
1: It is almost kind of like a sedative, yeah. Um The thing, too, to just be aware of is that just like for humans, not all essential oils are going to work the same for every person. So really testing and seeing what works for one person or one baby or one fur baby is going to probably be different than what works for somebody else. And so there's the beautiful thing with essential oils is that each essential oil has so many uses, like hundreds of uses. And so, if one doesn't work, just try a different one, and that one could work wonders. So, what what it's really finding the unique combination, right? So,
0: what what is it within a person's body that they would like? One person would react so so vastly different to something than another would.
1: That is a good question. It probably has to do with your body chemical constituents of your like. Cells, (laughs) Cells, <laughs> right. um, And then the chemical constituents of the essential oils. Um, so it's just the same as, you yeah. know, that
0: different foods react to people's bodies differently. Exactly. Or, you know, different pot that you're smoking reacts to different people <laughs> differently.
1: <laughs> Amazing. Yes, exactly. Okay. <laughs> Right, where like one person might be really sensitive. You guys might have smoked the same joint, for example. Yeah. <laughs> one person might have like a totally different experience than the other person, and, and maybe it didn't even affect one person, right? Like it's just... Right, and it doesn't speak to like the purity something. of the marijuana that you're smoking. It just has to do with how
0: your body reacted to it.
1: Right. However, the purity can affect that as for well. For sure. So depending on the purity of the oil that you tried that might be different if you tried it from like, let's say Young Living. So like it just, might have just a different- Just because I yeah.
0: accidentally brought up marijuana. I'm, I, I wasn't planning on talking about this, but <laughs> yeah. just like a, a, let's just riff on this for one second. I am curious because of, you know, obviously the fact that, pot has become so popular in Canada now that it's legalized. And there's so many different companies and products that have popped up. Have you, are there any, is there a relationship at all between essential oil and CBD? Are there people that are releasing like CBD in essential
1: oil? Oh my God. I'm so glad you asked. And this is like such a huge, exciting development for a young living is that in the United States, they're really working hard to get it here in Canada. But in the United States, they have actually partnered with a CBD farm. And so now that farm has the same seed to seal kind of quality that Young Living is known for. And um, they are actually infusing their CBD products with Young Living essential oils, which just amplifies the effects. Because by putting those together, so a lot of the time, Um, by putting these really pure Young Living Essential Oils, it actually um, makes things more bioavailable in your body because it's coming straight from the plant and plant kind of immune system. And so it's just helping things kind of get through your body. I don't know all the chemical stuff about it. (laughs) But yes, there's a lot of good things that are happening with the CBD um, company. It's called Nature's Ultra in the United States. And Young Living, they've now joined forces um, and they're making products together, which is so amazing. And I really, really, really can't wait until they're allowed to ship them to Canada. (laughs) But unfortunately, because of border laws and all this other stuff, um, they can't ship CBD over the border yet. And so Young Living's based in the States, I guess. So Young Living started in the States and now they have markets all over the world. So because they have farms all over the world, they have now expanded to like they have a whole Canadian market. We even have a Canadian farm up in Fort Nelson, B.C. Um, They've got markets all over Asia, in Europe. So they're just opening up markets all over the world to make the access to these oils so much easier. So that means that when I'm ordering from youngliving.ca, I'm paying Canadian dollars. So, but so I CBD can also farm, order from the States if I want. Right.
0: So if they are unable to cross borders, they could technically open a, a farm in Canada.
1: Um, so they, they, so Young Living is able to cross borders and their oils can cross the border. But it's just CBD specifically that has the, legal, the legalities right now right okay and yeah in terms no of crossing i crossing yeah. the border okay i understand that have you yeah. and have
0: you tried the products
1: i haven't because i can't get my hands on the
0: cbd if <laughs> you, uh, <yet. laughs> you, you like jumped the border to buffalo just to try it
1: i know but then you're paying like 80 dollars because cbd is expensive right yeah. so you're paying 80 dollars for like a little roller bottle and then what when you have to come home you have to leave it behind <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I have heard such amazing things, actually. And um, I do know somebody in the US who um, I've been following her kind of journey with Young Living. And the way she actually got started was with using the CBD for her panic attacks. Yeah,
0: no, I, there I mean there's so many benefits to CBD and that's obviously mm-hmm. a, a completely different conversation, but yeah, I was more I guess curious about, you know, what the potential relationship between CBD yes. and different and different essential oils yes. could be.
1: And actually there is one essential oil um that I know of at least, which is copaiba, and it has um beta carophyllinin. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Magic
0: words. But it's
1: a chemical constituent that's in CBD as well, and that kind of gives CBD its, its punch. Um, and it actually has like really high levels of that in it. So, Copaiba is often known to be uh, similar to CBD in terms of its kind of pain relief and its oomph. Okay, I'm writing all of these, all of these words down that I don't know.
0: (laughs) And uh, I'm going to try and get definitions and some links to put into the show notes, because I have to assume I'm not the only person that hasn't heard of these things before.
1: Yeah, no. And literally, if you just Google uh, beta carophilin, I don't know, I can spell it out for you, I'll send it to you. (laughs)
0: Maybe you'll, maybe you'll send a couple things over to me or put together some sort of like cheat sheet. Yeah, I can definitely do that. That would be great. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so what um, are there any essential oils that you're aware of that are very popular for use with humans that could be potentially toxic to dogs or other
1: pets? So um, I have not necessarily come across. I'm sure there are. However, there are definitely some guidelines in terms of introducing oils to pets, but um, and just, so I don't know if you want me to go through some of those guidelines. Yeah, no, I, I'd yeah. love you to. So um, introducing essential oils to an animal. First, you don't want to actually introduce it during times of stress or um, duress. So because you don't like you don't want to introduce it for the first time during a time of stress, because remember, the smell goes right to the limbic system and it affects emotion and memory. And is that the is that the same for humans as well? Probably. I think that, I mean, I think you can take that with a grain of salt. Um, with humans, it's because there are so many essential oils that literally smelling it could reduce your stress. But I think because or because uh, dogs and, and just fur babies in general, like animals in general, they are just so much more sensitive than humans are going to be in terms of anything that we smell intensely a
0: dog is smelling a hundred times more yeah
1: yeah exactly so you just want to take caution that like if they're really stressed out or in duress you're not necessarily introducing a a new oil to them Um, so try to introduce it as much as possible when they're a little bit calmer leave the you can leave the cap on the bottle initially and hold it in front of their nose watch for their response. Always, always, always watch for their response. Um, if they are sneezing or snorting kind of to the aroma, it's usually a good sign to not further expose them. So don't like take that as a sign of like, okay, maybe they don't like that one. Um, you could also put essential oils onto your skin about 15 to 20 minutes before entering a room with an animal or into a diffuser, for example. You could rub it one drop on your hands and just kind of hold your hands like four to six inches away from their nose and just watch their response. So, if they come closer, that's a good thing. If they move away, that's not a good thing. But you want to let them move away. So, that obviously is not an oil that they like. So, you need to trust the pet um, and watch for their signs. So, some of the things to look for. Positive signs include things like they continue smelling or they're licking the closed bottle, they're licking their lips, they're moving closer or they're leaning in, they're kind of keeping their head towards you, they're staying in the room, they're calm or relaxed. Signs that your pet might not be enjoying the essential oil include things like excessive yawning, turning their head, putting their head down, scratching, backing away, lifting a paw, leaving the room, drinking excessive amounts of water, excessive urination, or aggression. Um, So whenever you are using essential oils or introducing essential oils to an animal, you definitely want to make sure that they have um, free access to come and go so they're not in an enclosed room with the door closed. You want to make sure that the door is open, that they can leave whenever they need to, that they also have access to fresh water and fresh air if they needed. You never want to just confine them with the essential oil. And you never want to force an essential oil on an animal either. Just like with anybody. You don't want to force anybody. (laughs) Um, But, yeah. But I am actually
0: really – I I felt a need to jump in. Yeah. Because for the first time in this conversation, I feel like I actually have a value add. Yeah. Uh, So all of of the things that you were just Mm -hmm. describing in terms of – you know the the yawning or turning their head away or not making eye contact those are generally just calming and stress signals that mm-hmm. dogs release in in any situation right. so once you have a greater understanding of your dog's body language you would know what their stress signals are and you would know to obviously cease whatever it is that you were doing the moment that those uh, they started showing those signs mm-hmm. Uh, But what it also makes me think about is that scent is something that is used often just in dog training in general. Usually it's not with essential oils. It's usually with food or treats or, you know, or or various things that dogs are really enticed by because they want to consume them. Mm -hmm. But there are certain scents that dogs are naturally drawn to. And, dog, and, you know, as a trainer, you want to be able to find what those motivating scents are, just like you would find what the motivating toys are or mm-hmm. what motivating foods are. And you can use those things to your advantage in order to create behaviors that you're hoping to replicate. Right. Yeah. So if there's if there's a scent, let's say, I don't know, vanilla is the first thing to come to mm-hmm. mind just because I like vanilla. Uh, so if there's a specific scent that your dog is naturally attracted to, and that means that if they're you know, typically showing signs of anxiety or aggression, and you can use counter conditioning and desensitization to have them create a positive association with the thing that normally triggers anxiety, and you can use a strong scent in that moment, then you should be able to then manipulate the situation in the future yes. by introducing yep. that scent to get them to artificially calm down. So that's, that's actually really interesting to me because usually dog trainers rely on what mm-hmm. the most common motivator for dog is, which is food. Uh, But that can often backfire as well, because it leads to medical conditions. Or if the dog is too stressed Mm -hmm. out to receive food or to want to eat or is feeling nauseous, then you've lost your ability to motivate your dog in any way. But something like a scent would actually be really helpful if your dog was motivated by it and was intrigued by it, because it wouldn't require them to actually have to Uh, you know, perform any sort of action or consume any sort of material because they would just be be enjoying the scent that was in the room. So that's, yeah, I think that's actually something that is going to get me to think a lot more about, you know, some of the ways that I approach dogs that are in high stress or anxious Mm -hmm. situations is to kind of introduce them to different scents that are known to be calming and see if there's one they're naturally drawn to that you could use as a training tool in the future. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's great. It's very interesting. Uh, So it's also, it's my understanding that when you buy essential oils that, you know, as we've established have to be, you know, pure and high quality, Mm -hmm. but they're, they're not diluted when you buy them correct no exactly so, so if you're you buying high it? grade
1: essential oils they are not diluted <laughs> right so
0: you don't want them to be diluted but then <laughs> when you're using them is there yeah. any are there any situations that you would need to dilute them yes
1: yeah, so when you're first starting to use essential oils on babies kids and also animals then you definitely do want to dilute them and diluting them just means that you can either um, so with with pets because you can apply them right to the pet but it's actually a lot easier to put it put it into like a spray bottle with water and just spritz it in the air because they have such a higher sensitivity to the smells and it will absorb like into their fur and their skin um so that's what my research has been showing to do with with pets initially at least until you know that they're okay with that oil Um, but also with babies and kids you definitely want to dilute initially oils like lavender like copaiba like frankincense are some of the more gentle oils and so eventually you can use those neat which just means undiluted straight from the bottle But when you're first starting to use essential oils with anybody, you do want to dilute it because it's going to spread it over a larger surface area. It's going to help um, if the oil is a little bit more of a stronger oil. It'll help to dilute some of that potential sensitivity that might happen um, until you know that your body is like totally able to handle that oil and it's fine. I have been using essential oils daily for about four years now. And so often I will actually just use the essential oil right from the bottle, right onto my skin with no issue. Um, But definitely with my kids, I'm still diluting. And
0: is there like, you know, a specific calculation that you should be taking into consideration for different ages or sizes of... of, Yes. Okay. Yes. So So, how do you calculate that dilution ratio?
1: So, and I can, this is definitely something that I can... um, add into kind of that I'll send you for the show notes Okay. Um, but definitely from zero to about six months so first of all you do not want to use essential oils on babies that are under eight pounds so you want to be really careful about that um, they're just they've got smaller everything <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so eight pounds and over you're good to go um, From zero to six months, it's about one drop of essential oil to four teaspoons of carrier oil. So it's really not that much. So what I usually have always done is I'll just put, and I never really measure things out. (laughs) So I'll just grab like a, like a fingerful of coconut oil. I put a drop of essential oil and I rub that on my palm. And then I just take a little bit onto my fingers and I rub it onto my kids.
0: Um, but from it, zero to six it's months, no t- it's
1: one drop Yeah, from um, per four teaspoons. From six months to two years, it's one drop to two teaspoons. Two to five years, it's one drop to one teaspoon. And if the ratios aren't calculated properly,
0: what are the ri- potential risks? So
1: there's not... That I'm gonna say, I want to. I'm stopping myself because I want to say that there's not really any adverse risks. However, if you're not using high quality essential oils, really what the risk could be is that you might have a little bit of a burning sensation on your skin, or your skin might turn red, or it might like be a little bit painful, especially with the hotter oils. Things like peppermint is going to be a stronger oil. Um, Things like you know cinnamon bark and like things like that. Um, Sometimes the eucalyptus can be a little bit stronger. So with those ones, that's why we're really diluting is that with the the stronger kind of um, more powerful essential, not powerful isn't the right word because they're all very powerful. But um, yeah, so you're just really, you're really trying to dilute it for that sensitivity that might happen. There's definitely been, like, if you Google essential oils and the dangers of essential oils and, like, all this stuff on Google, just like with anything else, you'll see all sorts of, like, fear-mongering things out there. Um, But a lot of the time when you're actually looking at some of these potential deaths or whatever that are happening from essential oils, it's because they're using, like, 85 milliliters of essential oil on a baby, which is way, way, way too much. That is, like four bottles of essential oil or more. Right. Right. So like that, when you're using it in excess like that, yeah, you can cause a lot of damage to your body systems. But when you're just using one to two drops, it's not going to do any harm. Okay. and Yeah. Unless there's chemicals or synthetics in it. Right. But (laughs) Then it might burn your skin for real. We're we're
0: just assuming that we're using pure essential oil. (laughs) Yeah. So are there specific essential oils that you would say are like, you know, have to be in every single
1: parent's toolkit? Yes. So lavender, for sure. I love lavender. I love copaiba. And I love frankincense. The reason for those three, those are kind of my top three. Um, Then I would also add Young Living has a thieves blend, which is amazing for immune support and also disinfecting and kind of like it's antiviral, antibacterial, anti everything. Um, so, that is what we use for immune support and lemon. So, that and lemon are really great ones. Um, but lavender is really great for calming. It's great for sleep. Copaiba is a really great one for any kind of pain or skin, kind of bumps and bruises, um, but also really, really great for teething. And then um, you've got the frankincense, which is another very gentle oil. So it's safe enough actually to use on babies and kids undiluted. But that's a really great one for kind of chest congestion and things like if you don't want to use the eucalyptus, because that eucalyptus is going to be a bit of a stronger oil. Um, So if you're kind of worried about, you know, the fear mongering articles out there about eucalyptus and babies, (laughs) and (laughs) respiratory things, um, then something like putting frankincense into your chest rub uh, is going to have a very similar effect, but it's a lot gentler. So those are kind of my top four or five. There's obviously so many other ones. We actually use um, the top ones that we use like all the time. Young Living has actually put 11 of their most popular essential oils and the most versatile essential oils into one kit which is amazing, and so we actually use the oils from that kit almost like more often than any other oil that I have, which is kind of neat.
0: Okay, so again, that's another thing that I'd like to to introduce yes. in, in the show notes because I, I know that as people are listening to this, yeah. they're you like know what? wanting to be able to write notes down. Yeah. Uh, so usually when I'm nearing the end of a conversation on this podcast. I do this fun thing where I read an email that I've received from a client asking for dog behavior advice, and then I ask my guests to answer as if they were responding to a parent that was asking advice for their child instead of their dog. Okay. But since I know nothing about essential oils, it would be totally (laughs) irresponsible of me to provide any advice other than to contact you. Okay. <laughs> so instead, I just want to do a really, really like, quick fire round where I list common ailments that both dogs okay. and children get, and okay. you tell me what essential oil you would recommend. Okay. <laughs>
1: okay? I will do my best.
0: Okay. So you ready? Yeah. Okay. So an immune system booster. Thieves. Uh, fever, vomiting, or flu symptoms. Peppermint.
1: Dry or itchy skin. I'm going to say lavender or copaiba. Anti-inflammatory. Copaiba. Teething. Copaiba. <laughs> Wound care.
0: Copaiba or lavender. Pain reliever.
1: Um. So it depends on what kind of pain, but peppermint or copaiba. Okay. And what about like antifungal or yeast overgrowth? Oh, I would do either the thieves or... Um, hmm... I would do Thieves as my first one because that's an anti-everything. But lavender okay. also. When in doubt, use lavender. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so a relaxation or
0: sleep promotion? Lavender. Okay, and what about something that just smells absolutely delicious that you'd put in a diffuser if you had guests coming over?
1: Um, so I actually really love a blend that Young Living has that's called Peace and Calming. And I think it just smells divine. And I actually wear that almost every single day. So that is and my what is that made up favorite. Of? So that one has uh, lavender. It's got tangerine. Oh my gosh, I probably should know all of the ingredients and I don't. So I'm going to look it up really quick on my little app here. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me just look up here. But it,
0: it sounds like, you know, I just listed 10 different ailments that are very different from one another. Yeah. And it seems like your recommendation all fell into like three or four different essential yes, oil. Exactly. So, so are, you really, are those kind eat? of like the go-to essential oils for almost
1: everything. Yes. Well, and also those are going to be the essential oils that are going to be the mildest in terms of using them safely with babies and kids. There's like, obviously I think young living has something like 300 different kinds of essential oils. Um, And there's lots of really amazing uses for all of them. But like I said, really this kit that comes with 10 to 11 oils in it is like all you need. You can do so much with like a good kit of 10 to 11 oils. You've pretty much gotten all your bases covered. So... Peace and Calming has tangerine, orange, ylang-ylang, patchouli, and blue tansy. So it doesn't even have lavender. I thought it did. But. And what is a ylang-ylang? Ylang-ylang is, I don't know if I'm saying it right, <laughs> but it's Y-L-A-N-G. So ylang-ylang. It's, okay. it's it comes from a flowery plant. So it comes from the, the, like the flower part of the plant. So it's, it's more of a, a soft kind of florally smell, similar to geranium, but a lot softer than geranium and then the other things you said were tangerine patchouli and lavender exactly so patchouli is really really calming and sedating it also here it says allowing it to reduce anxiety so that might be a good one to look into for um for pets and then tangerine and orange both any citrus oils citrus oils are often kind of alerting but also like happy oils so if there's any yes. kind of depressed mood or sadness or anything like that, citrus oils are going to be your best friend. But so also an association with being in like warm, sunny weather. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> exactly.
0: Whenever I smell oranges, I feel like I'm in
1: Florida. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So you're, are you from Toronto? I am. Born and raised in Toronto, yes. Okay, so as you were
0: describing the, like, all of those different scents that make up that uh, specific smell that you said you love that you wear mm-hmm. every day, I suddenly had a flashback to being, like, in the late 90s and going vintage shopping at Courage My Love oh my in
1: Kensington. Oh my gosh, yes, hilarious.
0: <laughs> so only someone from Toronto would understand that association, but yeah. I, yeah, I just imagined myself buying, like, canvas knapsacks and Doc Martens. <laughs>
1: totally Didn't just recently close or maybe that was a while ago maybe I'm thinking of something I, else I now. don't know
0: yeah I yeah I loved that place I used to go all the time but I yeah I, I'm not cool enough to shop in those sort of places I know anymore. it's like
1: we're too old <laughs> I know <laughs> so funny
0: so the last thing that I wanted to ask you is are you recommending that these essential oils are a complement or used alongside to traditional medicine or as like a complete alternative?
1: Um, so, I mean, it really depends on what's going on. Um, I don't want to say that for every single case, it's going to be uh, instead of. For sure, like there is a time and a place for traditional medicine as well. But essential oils for us, for my family, have been our first line of defense for the last four years and they have actually worked amazing things so we have not had to use conventional medicine in the last four years for the most part
0: so yeah so you added in for the most part there so I'm curious to know what you know what situations you know I guess just anecdotally in your family Uh did you realize that it was necessary to access traditional medicine
1: Um, like one of the things with my son, when he was about three, he had, um, pink eye and I was really trying to get the oils to work. (laughs) And, um, and, and I think if we had caught it earlier, the oils would have worked because I know that my daughter got pink eye and I was like, Oh, I know the signs I'm going to use my oils. And it did work. Um, but so for that, we had to get antibiotics for his eyes and that cleared it up within like a few hours. Um, I would say also, like, there's some pretty amazing oils that I've had really good success with for, like, ear infections. However, if it's a severe enough ear infection or if it's a high enough fever, like, you definitely want to take your child to see a doctor. To a doctor. Right? Um, So for us, like, we've had really good success using some essential oils to bring down a fever. But it was not, like, a seriously high fever, so you kind of have yeah, to use your to, own you want to
0: ignore things that are actually potential risks. Yeah. yeah. And are there speaking of risks, are there are there any risks with using essential oils and traditional medicine
1: simultaneously? I'm sure there probably are in terms of, you know, like for example, I know that grapefruit in general is not recommended I think if you have like high blood pressure. Or things like that. So yeah, like, you I want to just know make sure. and the only
0: reason I know that is because whenever I'm up at two o'clock in the morning watching like all of those medical infomercials, yeah. it always says not to eat grapefruit while you're taking the
1: medication. <laughs> yeah. So so if you're being told not to eat the food, then you also should not use that essential oil. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um
0: yeah, and I never really understood why. I just thought it was one of those ridiculous things that they added
1: alongside like avoiding. You know, <laughs> I think but, it has something to do with the chemical constituents of like maybe the acidity. I'm not sure. But yeah, so like you want to just be mindful if you're taking any kind of medications, you want to do your research on if there are any contraindications to that medication, for example, eating grapefruit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well thank you.
0: Thank you so much. I really I really appreciate it. And I I look forward to receiving the little a little, little cheat sheet so that I can include yeah, it in the show notes.
1: You're welcome.
0: And can you tell me and everyone else where to yes, find so you?
1: I am on um Instagram and Facebook at Kylie Etts Wellness. So K-A-I-L-I-E-T-S Wellness. Um, so you can follow me there, or you can also visit my website, which is www.kileyetts.com.
0: Thanks for listening. Are you looking to add a dog to your family? For a limited time only, listeners of Baby Puppy will receive 10% off our unique mutt making package. Let us help you find the right breed, energy level, and temperament for your household based on your experience, expectations, routine, and personality. We always say there's no such thing as the perfect dog, but there is definitely a perfect dog for you. If you have a question you'd like answered on the show, child or dog related, email info at meet your Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at meetyourmutt, or visit the website at www.meetyourmutt.com. Remember, this podcast is just a baby, or puppy, and as they say, it takes a village, so please rate and review. Happy parenting! Baby Puppy is hosted, recorded, and produced by me, Ashley Balin. Production assistance by Koji Nagata, and theme song by Pink Distortion Music.